It is December 21st, 2021. Is it the beginning of the end for NXT 2.0? To some, is tonight the the day that the dream of NXT 2.0 died? We will discuss the tragic events of the main event tonight and what this means for the future of our beloved brand. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. Welcome to the Wrestling Gang Podcast, joined by Africanoa and Issa NYC Demon Diva. I thought this was our last podcast of the year, but NXT is live next week as well. Uh, I'm sure for the aftermath of... uh, just the unfortunate events of tonight's main event. Injustice. The injustice. The injustice. Egregious. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. Erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll uh, collectively yes. lament what happened tonight. But, uh, Issa, how are you doing? You're home uh, traveling, home for the holidays. How's that going? Yes. Still, still in Puerto Rico, where it's nice, beautiful, 80-something degrees. Unfortunately, oh. it has rained every day since I arrived, so I haven't had a beach day quite yet. Alfred, how are things in Southern California? Good. Great. Out here in Southern California, celebrating the holidays. Got my Christmas tree up, and uh, you know, family is in town, so we're having a great time. A lot of fun. Very exciting. Well, before we dive into NXT, and it just, it just took the wind out of my sails in that main event. Uh <laughs> Let's, let's dive into the news. Okay, if I can continue, no promises, but if I can hold it together, we'll go through the news. Uh, I've got a box of tissues sitting right here. Okay, please, keep them close. I have alcohol. I have alcohol. Okay. <laughs> we might get a breakdown tonight. Uh, but uh, the first news story, it looks like WWE has big st- plans for AJ Styles and Omos. As you saw last night on Raw, they broke up. I felt it was a little rushed. And right on cue, WrestleVotes, who's very plugged into WWE, reported that the Omos Styles split came sooner than originally planned. Apparently, there was an edict to split these guys up before the big uh, start to WrestleMania 38 uh, ahead of the Royal Rumble. So it looks like we're going to be getting a lot more of AJ Styles and Omos. Not necessarily a WrestleMania match between the two, but there are big plans for both of them. Omos and AJ Styles face off at day one. Uh, Issa, we'll start with you. What do you think about this decision to break up Styles and Omos? Is it too quick? And uh, what do you see in the futures? Took too long. You know, I've been very vocal about (laughs) wanting AJ Styles to go back to the singles division. I missed him being in the singles division. And I feel like if somebody can help elevate Omas as a singles wrestler, it's going to be AJ Styles. I think he can put on a good match with a broomstick if you let him. So not saying that Omas is not talented. I'm sure he's been spending his time learning. But I do think if somebody's going to make him look good, it's going to be AJ Styles. So I'm excited to see what they do with them. But most importantly, just AJ Styles being in the singles division. And I, I'm, I was shocked by going with AJ Styles as the baby face. But we haven't seen babyface AJ Styles in quite some time so I I want to see where this goes I don't know how seriously I can take him tonight after Grayson Waller cut that scathing promo against him yeah but he did put over Tony D so that's good about AJ Styles uh, first of all any man that can go to Orlando and have hair looking like that with the humidity that there is in Florida is, is a hero in my book yeah, he brought Georgia hair into the Florida arena. I like that. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? 
Well, the next story in the news, Vince McMahon. Uh, this should, shouldn't really be, come as a surprise to anybody, but it now has been confirmed uh, that Vince McMahon is reportedly against the idea of no-cut clauses when it comes to talent contract. This, according to Fightful Select, that uh, released some talents in WWE this year. It led to speculation on why some didn't apply for no-cut clauses, uh, which is very rare in WWE. But, of course, you know, Vince McMahon is not about uh, giving no-cut con- uh, clauses. And this is pretty relevant to the fact that Kevin Owens recently re-signed. That was not a no-cut contract. So all that really means is that he's with WWE for the time being. As you know, every three months or so, right before uh, the earnings presentations, the next one is going to be probably around late January, early February, that's usually when WWE makes its cut and everybody can get it. Kevin Owens included. Uh, so none of these contracts, it seems, are no cut to where they're guaranteed for the time being. So anytime you hear people re-signing with WWE, take that really with a grain of salt, because I think that unless your name is Roman Reigns or Randy Orton or Brock Lesnar, you are on the shopping block. Uh, Issa, we'll start with you. Yeah, I agree. But um, I mean, it's not just Vince McMahon. I think there's a lot of sports, you know, team owners that are really, really against the no-cut clause. And, and, and given cause, I mean, the problem is that we've seen Vince McMahon get rid of so many people that it just gives him that reputation. But also, you have to protect your business, and you don't know, you know, it, it works both ways. The athlete, the performer could also be getting into some kind of stuff where you just have to cut them loose right then and there. And a lot of times, that no-cut will protect them from that. You have to protect your business. So, uh, as a mayor in business, I'm not shocked to hear that he's you know against it i will be too interesting Ooh, wait you as well so he said if you if you assent to the rise of running a wrestling company even roman reigns and brock lesnar you'd be like hey guys you could go in any minute you just please me and you're out of here roman, roman reigns and i will have a handshake verbal agreement verbal you don't have to put it on paper verbal. you don't have to put it on paper verbal. you know it just yeah <laughs> yeah it's very interesting <laughs> Some leagues, yeah, it just depends on the leagues, really. Like the NFL, for example, or there's guaranteed money, but not all that money is guaranteed. But when it comes to baseball and the NBA, when you sign that contract, you get all that money. I can't stand you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm surprised you didn't make the joke. That's why. I'm I was good like... at I was good at but we're like days from Christmas. I want to get a Christmas gift. I'm trying to be nice, you know, I'm not trying oh. to be in the naughty list. Come yeah. on. Good thing we're not doing SmackDown. I, I could have said I could have said a different word, but I went Please. with verbal. <laughs> Say the word. It would Say be an oral, a, a, an oral agreement, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There goes my Christmas gift. There goes my Christmas gift. <laughs> He's flying over Puerto Rico. He's not making a stop there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what else is in the news, Alfred? That is the news. That's a, we, we can't top that. The news is done, man. That, that is our news. <laughs> I thought it was bad last night with all the viewers coming uh, jokes on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Same beer. Yes. Uh, uh, Mike D, $2 super chat. Matt Bourne, Hall of Fame, 2022 clown face. Mike D's one of my favorite. Doink the Clown. That's a Doink the Clown reference. Oh, was oh, the I best see. Doink was Matt Bourne. It was the best Doink. That's Hall right. of Fame worthy? Uh, WWE uh, Hall of Fame worthy, friend, maybe. He yeah. is Hall of Fame worthy. Come on. The Hall of Fame is not even a real structure. So everybody belongs in there. Let, let me get in there then. Okay. Alfred Cohen, Hall there. of Fame. Let's all when three of us. This podcast needs to get into the Hall of Fame for 2022. <laughs> no, but we'll be the ones to induct Tony D when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> 
Brett Murphy, $5. Okay, Isa, I know Tony D's loss was complete bullshit, but which was worse, that result or AJ Styles disrespecting you by not giving you his hair secret? Yeah, so I went on Twitter and, and, and brought back the video when I tried to ask AJ Styles to give me his hair everything, and he said no. And I would definitely say that that is biggest BS then, Tony losing. Tony will recover from this. Trust me, he will. But AJ not giving me his hair secret, that that's that's dirty. I mean, we have to talk about this. Tony D'Angelo we'll had his it. first loss. No, I mean, we should talk about this front center. This podcast. So, what do the people tune in for? Let's not this bear is, the lead here. This forget podcast, about it. Let's let's do it however we want. On the, this You're podcast right. is technically called the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, but its real name is the Tony D'Angelo Fan Club. Yeah, that's yeah, that's our mission. That's our purpose. Um, you know, we celebrate him, we boost him, and uh, I have to say that. Uh, he got a TV commercial Friday during SmackDown. They were like, Tony D'Angelo on Tuesday. They know where the money is. They know when the ratings are. You know, they understand. And um, I understand Braun Breaker is too early for him to beat Tommaso Ciampa. But Tony D'Angelo should not be losing matches. There's a million different ways they could have ended this tonight without him taking a loss and protected Pete Dunne. Why did he have to lose this match tonight? In the main event, because they know he equals eyeballs. Pete Dunne, I'm sorry. No offense. Pete, Pete Dunne. Is he, is Pete Dunne a draw? Pete Dunne, when I say, I mean, they like him in NXT in that you know Full Sail University in Florida where they are in NXT. He's one of the more you know, you know the established hands, but I wouldn't say he's a draw. No, not no. the level of Tony D. I, 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 no, not not Tony D level, but he's very talented. You put this man in a match where they both needed to win, and for once you didn't do the screw it finish that WWE is very. Um, you know, known for. I was so happy to see him in the main event, especially because they did have a pretty stacked show going into mm-hmm. tonight. I was previewing it, and I'm like, you know, on a week of throwaway wrestling, it felt like NXT tried. So I was like, where are they going to put him? We have AJ Styles. I thought AJ Styles was going to throw hands. You know, that didn't happen. But we had AJ Styles. We had the street fight. We had quite a couple of things booked. So I didn't know they were going to put him in the main event. I was very happy to see him in the main event. I thought the match was incredible until we got to the freaking finish. What is it with the finishes in the last week? Yeah, there was a couple of bad finishes on this show. And uh, the good thing, if you want to take away, if you're mourning Tony D'Angelo's loss like we are and you need something positive to reflect on, A, he was in the main event, so that's good. Would have rather had him win. But they did go off the air with Tony D'Angelo standing strong. So I think, to your point, Issa, um, it's not time to jump off the cliff yet, which I almost did. But I decided not to because it looks like they're going forward with something with Tony D'Angelo. He did get, uh, get his heat back. But here's the argument, though. Tommaso Ciampa, Pete Dunne, these guys, and and let me just say, I respect both performers. I love them and I love what they've done for NXT. But under their watch, the ratings got so bad, which is why NXT 2.0 was necessary in the first place. So here we are now, what, three months into NXT 2.0? We've had these episodes. We've had this build. I understand Braun Breaker was literally, Tony D'Angelo, you've built this guy. Um, he's one of your your marquee talents of this up and coming class. You give him his first main event, and this to me seems like some backstage politics and some idea, you know, some question about well, he can look good, but he can't win. And we got to protect Pete. Pete Dunn is not the future of NXT. No, he's been there. He's been there for a long time. Where. Um... Tony is the future of NXT. Tony is NXT 2.0. But I think we have been, we have gone back and forward about 
this 50-50 booking that they're doing with all these newer characters that we're supposed to get to know and get invested in, it's very hard to do that when you're booking them in a 50-50 style situation. And up to this point, I thought that Braun Breaker and Tony were probably the only two that were protected. Now, mm. you know, I'm starting to question that with the decision that they did with Tony. But, you know, just to be positive, I, seeing him keep up with Pete Dunne, was, was impressive because a lot of times, you know, people take Tony D'Angelo for the gimmick and all that, and it was good to just see him go out there and put that caliber of a match on the main event of NXT. I just really wish he would have won or that we had a screwy finish. I think I think Pete Dunne can recover from losing to Tony D, even if he did it dirty. Like, you could have had him cheat. You could have yeah. brought his uncle from the mafia. Somebody from the sanitation business could have came in and thrown Pete Dunne in a garbage truck. I don't know. Anything yeah. could have happened to protect Tony D'Angelo here yeah. and Pete Dunne at the same time. Pete Dunne has lost worse people than Tony D'Angelo and been totally fine. And I don't think anybody would have held this against him. This was Tony's night to shine. I'm going to need therapy. So I don't know who's going to pay for my therapy after this. This is part of it. This is part of the therapy. Oh, uh, this is the in the chat, give us all the positive right. healing. Yeah, definitely. Please, please. Prayer emojis <laughs> in the chat, please. It's just I was so looking forward tonight. And then they gave him a promo during the show. They gave him that main event. AJ Styles put him over. Yes. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Pete Dunne has always been like a hardcore fan favorite, but he's never been one of the, the marquee stars. One of the, no. You know, he just never had that, that clout, I think. Excellent worker, excellent wrestler. He's done a lot for the division, but yeah, he's not the type of guy where it's like, oh, we, we can't beat him. If it was like Tony versus AJ, you'd be like, well, AJ Styles can't lose to this guy but pete dunn come on no no I, yeah yeah i wouldn't put aj styles against um tony d because you know he has a family and we don't want tony yeah, d'angelo to mess his life he's, up like yeah. that he's got wendy we've seen his kids on tv so you know aj styles really needs he's a family man too so i don't want to see why. anybody he, taken away from the family. aj styles is such a smart man that's why he came out there and put tony d'angelo over he's like i'm gonna come to nxt but i know who i'm not messing with and that is tony d'angelo yeah kiss the rings I mean, Pete Dunne re-signed, right? Yes, Next week, he he's not going to go to start his car, and it's going to blow up, and that's the last we see of Pete Dunne. Yeah, he resigned <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. But, you know, resigned, we have to put in quotes. So, yeah, if that's resigned. the case, then Grayson Waller's coming for him. Yeah. <laughs> if he didn't resign, we know who's taking him out. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Tony. Oh, man. But I, listen... Listen, Glenn, it was a great freaking match up until the finish. Just forget about the finish for a second. Imagine I flashed you with a man in black red thingy and you forgot about the last two minutes of the match. Before that, I thought he was great. And people like Pete Dunne for his technical and, and wrestling skills and for Tony to keep up with him. I thought that was impressive for the people that think that Tony is more of a joke style yeah. character. He's yeah. not. If and I could change... No, no, go, go ahead, Glenn. If I could change anything about the past month of in-ring action... Brian Danielson should have beat Hangman Page and Tony D'Angelo should have won tonight. Or should have gone to no finish. Tony D'Angelo, no wow. finish against Pete Dunne. <laughs> Those two things. That would have changed the course of the wrestling world for the better, I think. But uh, but I don't know about Danielson beating Page. I think it's a little early for that. But with uh, Tony D, I will say the way they book with NXT 2.0 a lot of times, we saw this with Braun Breaker, who's their big star. He lost the first time he went uh, against Tommaso Ciampa. So they like beating these younger guys at first and then maybe having them avenge. So hopefully Tony D'Angelo is on a path to beat Pete Dunne. But, you know, they are not afraid to beat a lot of these young up-and-comers that they're pushing. 
it's it's like someone backstage thinks this was the equivalent of the ruthless aggression promo of Cena versus Angle when he was a brand new guy and like ignores the fact that hey we've built this guy up this guy's like one of the few stars NXT 2.0 was made like he's got to lose because we, we got to protect our legacy town I don't know it just it doesn't sit well with me if I could change the course I would say I wouldn't have him fight over a mouth guard because I mean there's mm. other more important things you can build a fear around than a mouth guard. Yeah, well, they're fighting over fingers now because, you know, he broke his fingers with that crowbar and now they're going to finger a digit for a digit. Wow. So speaking of Braun Breaker, we opened with a promo with him and Tommaso Ciampa. What did you think of Braun's promo ability, Issa, to you first? I wish they would just let him wrestle. <laughs> just let him wrestle. I don't know. There's something about his promos that I just can't. Maybe it's because we're not trying to say that he's like, you know, related to a certain someone, but he sounds just like that certain someone. And I, every time he speaks, I'm like, why are we ignoring it? Like, why are we just making it about that? I thought uh, Tommaso Champa was great you know, in this promo, and this feud is going to continue. I wonder, you know, did they announce this for New Year's? Um, I, I keep confusing the name on the New Year's Year shows. Thank you, because doesn't AEW also have a New Year's special, so I don't know which one is which anymore. New but New Year's Evil, thank you. New Year's Evil. I, did they announce this match officially yet, or no? Uh, I, I don't, I believe they have, but I'm looking at the lineup right now, and it looks like they have, yes. Tommaso Ciampa okay. versus Braun Breaker for the title. Okay, Braun's okay, winning. Good. If Braun doesn't win, send him back to OVW. Not that that yeah. exists anymore. He has to. That, well, that's that, the that's thing. He that's yeah. the thing. He'll go into oblivion where OVW is if he doesn't win. But the thing of it is, is like they're booking at old school NXT and 2.0 in a weird 50-50 that you really don't know who they're trying to put over here. You know what I mean? Like I can also see them keeping the title on Champa and 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 beating Braun Breaker because I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't think they know what they're trying to do. Do you think Vince paid attention to NXT 2.0 for like the first month and now HBK is just doing whatever he wants because he's like, Vince doesn't care anymore? I wouldn't be surprised if they've headed there. Like, we haven't gotten that backstage report yet. And I think it was overblown just how much Vince was involved. I think he definitely was involved more than he was typically with NXT, but I don't think it's like this hands-on thing. I think now things just go through him and he's got more authority. But I do believe that now that the numbers are going down, um, that you know Vincent Company may not be as involved in the creative, but they will be involved in who gets called up from NXT 2.0. That's for sure. Right, right, agree. And maybe maybe Tony is going there sooner rather than later. Sure, maybe they're getting beating him so that he, yeah, yeah, he could win the Royal Rumble. That's what they're doing. Tony D'Angelo is getting phased out of NXT so he could win the Royal Rumble. Maybe that's the plan. And then take on Roman and beat Roman at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. shut up. <laughs> Both of you. I wish I could kick you out. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> you shit for it. He just like, There'll be a on. triple threat with Tony, Roman, and Brock, and he will stack Roman on Brock on top of each other and pin both. Let's do it. Let's go. That's not going to happen, you guys. I'm sorry. I don't want... I don't know. I, I, I keep on being so protective of NXT people because every time they get called up, they just completely ruin them. Like, I almost never want them to get called up, but then they stay on NXT forever and it looks like Tommaso Ciampa is still in high school at 25. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I want from them anymore because <laughs> if they stay around, they look so out of place. But when they come up, you know... <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa should go and try and talk to the Chase U kids and they're like leave me alone narc 
<laughs> hey, you kids are on fleek. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I actually can't wait because we still haven't gotten an NXT 2.0 call up, I don't believe. I don't think anybody's been called up from 2.0 yet. So I'm actually curious to see how they fare on the main roster because I think they're going to be put in a better position to succeed rather than what we've seen with the old NXT. So I'm just curious to see now that Vince has his fingerprints on NXT, what is that going to look like for people who are called up? Because hopefully that bodes well for them. But then again, sometimes, you know, you can't say Vince from himself and he gets too much into somebody and ends up ruining them. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I thought Braun's promo tonight was very 80s, like very yes. old school. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't like cutting edge. Yeah, it was a little cartoonish. I did like that Champa tried to keep them away from uh, giving him the mic. Like, no, 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 you don't get a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, because I was like, thank you, Champa. <laughs> I think I don't know. I every time he starts talking, I go back to that promo he cut right before War Games, and he just lost me there so much that I can't, I can't let it go yet. Yeah, and that and Tony complete package. Tony D'Angelo can talk. He can wrestle. Got a great gimmick. Tony should be defeating Champa at New Year's Eve, not Breaker. Oh yeah. Uh, Stella Justin Lopez four ninety nine. Frustrating booking like the Tony D situation. So I don't watch as much as I used to. Merry Christmas, y'all. Wow. Merry, Merry Christmas, Justin Lopez. Friend of the show. Yes. It's like I want to believe. They get my hopes up. And then this happens. But, uh, okay, so this match was a banger. Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. Very oh, so good match. Raquel getting a win. Both of them looking like gold in this. Uh, Alfred, you first. What were your thoughts on this match? Uh, this is good. Uh, I will say this. The backstage portion of this match kind of made me think about, like, the cinematic era. It did remind me very much of that. And then I had, like, an existential crisis where I was like, oh, man, we might go back to this if, like, Omarion has this yeah. way. If, if Omicron comes <laughs> oh, back, we might. this might be WWE working out their cinematic material. So I was just kind of worried watching them in the back. But then they battled their way to the ring. And I did think they did a very good job with the intensity. Dakota Kai was great in this match in terms of selling, in terms yeah. of kind of telling the story with her facial expressions. So I, I thought it was a very enjoyable match uh, in a brawl. And these two always work well together. And so to kind of open it up and give them a brawl, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I love the way this started. And, the, you know, the backstage people were like, the match hasn't even started yet. And I'm over here screaming, like, it's a street fight. Like, just ring the bell and let them go, you know? I remember why I enjoy Raquel as an NXT Women's Champion, and it's because of this style of matches. Every time she wrestles one of these no-DQ street fight, laps women standing match, she just looks like a beast, which is how she should come off every time because that's what she looks like. And this was amazing. It takes two to tango, though, and I thought that Dakota selling was incredible. At the end of the match, they were doing the replay of, like, the brutal spots, and most of them were just literally Raquel throwing Dakota everywhere and her making it look like she was half broken and dead. So I just gave them props. You can tell they have great chemistry. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with how NXT is booking their women's division. They have a lot of multiple women's involved in multiple storylines, and I'm just enjoying that. Very good, but the, I have to say it was awkward then Raquel calling out Mandy Rose after the match, and she's out there doing it, and then we cut away, we get this Tony D'Angelo promo. Uh, it was like a very good, very lengthy promo hyping up the main event. Then we go back to the ring, and Raquel's still in there like, come on, Mandy, I'm waiting. 
Yeah, it made it awkward too because they did the whole I'm gonna wait here in the ring twice tonight with two different people where I don't like when they repeat it. Grayson also did it, did it later on and we went to commercials and all that waiting for AJ Styles to show up. Uh, but I like the fact that because Raquel always said, I'm gonna get rid I'm gonna get rid of Dakota first, I'm gonna get my revenge, and then my eyes are still in the title. So I like the fact that they continued that and they didn't just go, you know, like like kind of like EO where she lost the title and she's never spoken about it again. I hate when a dominant champion just forgets that they were champion. With Raquel, she always made it clear that she was going to come after the belt. I wasn't expecting Cora to come out, but hey, it's a triple threat. Yeah, yeah. what do you think of that, Alfred? Who do you think is going to win? So uh, Cora Jade came out, said she wants to shot at the title. Mandy Rose finally appeared on screen and said, okay, I'm going to take out both of you and make this a triple threat match. Um, I guess... Question, Alfred, who do you think wins that match in New Year's Evil, and who do you think takes the pin in that triple threat match? I think Mandy Rose wins. I think Cora Jade takes the pin, and then maybe that leads to Cora and Raquel and Raquel getting mad at Cora. Like, see, I wanted to beat up Mandy Rose, but then you had to come and screw it up, and she beat you. She didn't beat me, and so that's going to lead to some tension between those two. Uh, but I like the fact that a triple threat was set up that way in terms of two people wanting the NXT title, and not even necessarily that. And that might be my one nitpick about this, is that Cora Jade isn't necessarily saying she wants that title. She just wants to fight the woman in Manny Rose, and she kind of made it seem like right. I could care less about the title. I want uh, to beat up Toxic Attraction. And so I would rather Cora Jade want the title, but this was a good way to at least set up tension between these three women, and I do think Manny Rose wins this. Yeah, and I also love Mandy's promo from the pool, just chilling, being the champion. But I like the fact that she's not scared, where she just comes out and she's like, you both want a shot? That's fine. Let's make it a triple threat. Respect that, you know? And she had that sneak attack prepared for the two of them. I thought I thought this was great. Mandy really is growing on me as a champion. We'll see how she does in this triple threat, but I think she's handling yeah. it very well. Yeah, that's the thing. I will say that I thought it was a because it was like a baby face move to be like, I'll take you both on. That's like what a baby yeah. face does. And Manny Rose is supposed to be a heel. But at the same time, it's like, oh, of course, she's got toxic attraction. She'll just send her goons into a triple threat match. Exactly. I don't think there's gonna that's be exactly how I saw it. Yeah. I didn't yeah, see it as a baby face move because right. I see it as if she gets into a no DQ situation, she can have her little, you know, her little faction come and help her out. So I can yeah. see why she would do that. We're in a one on one. That would be a DQ finish, which then again, she will still keep her title but it's not the same. And uh, Cora and Raquel got jumped from behind by Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Yep. After the promo. Uh, Harland. Uh, we saw the recap of him tossing Brian Kendrick down the stairs. We had a Joe Gacy uh, promo segment. And it's weird. I mean, I, I really didn't think they were going there, how much they're making this about Brian Kendrick. Uh, so much so that we learned later in the night, Brian Kendrick is going to wrestle Harland next week. I don't probably get he was still in the company. <laughs> yeah, apparently he is. But my favorite part about this promo is where Joe Gacy is like, we do not condone violence. And I'm like, then you're in the wrong business, buddy. Like, yeah. why are you a wrestler? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of expected when it was Brian Kendrick and they really focused on that, um, I kind of expected that, okay, then we're going to get Brian Kendrick wrestling. And, um, I mean, he's going to make a good opponent for Harlan and that Harlan is very new, very green, and he can learn a lot from a guy like Brian Kendrick who's a great trainer. He's got a good yeah. mind for wrestling. So that should be – I just don't like the fact that he was pretty much murdered. It's like if you get thrown off a, the way they made you believe he was thrown off a flight of stairs, like – He's just back the next week like, oh, you want to fight? Let's go. I, I didn't know about that, but 
It'll be interesting to see uh, Kendrick against Harlan to see what Harlan's really got. Do you think we're going to get uh, like Brian Kendrick out like on crutches next week in the ring looking, you know, like he's still uh, not in type shape? Or do you think we're going to get like heavy metal pirate Brian Kendrick out there to wrestle? I think we get something in between. Like, I think he's going to definitely be selling, not necessarily on crutches, but he'll be selling the, he, he at least better be. I mean, it's a pretty big angle that they ran for him to just be back like to normal. So and it won't make Harlan look like much of a monster. It's like Brian Kendrick, who's half of his size, was able to just recover so quickly. Yeah, I think it's going to be something in between. You know, I think he, I mean, I don't know. He had two weeks to recover. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> kind of baby, you see, come on. Uh, Indy Harwell and Persia Prada had their match delayed for some reason there uh, tonight. Grayson Waller walks in. Indy isn't happy. Um, or what he's, uh, I mean, man, there. I like this. I actually like this. Him trolling about the way and Johnny Gargano to Indy Hartwell. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand just because, you know, they were, they, they were together. So I, I, I popped a little for this. Not going to lie. Yeah. It's weird. They're referencing Johnny Gargano. Like it's Michael Scott after he left the office. Uh. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty much what this is. This is the NXT version of that. If there was that comparison to be made, Johnny Gargano would be the Michael Scott leaving the office. There's wow, your clip for right. this week, Issa. There's your clip yep. for, uh, for YouTube. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans versus the Creed Brothers. Okay, Issa, were you invested in this match? Did it deliver for you? Yeah, when um, Jacket Time Jacket came time out. That, that's when I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> There's something Tells you about everything these, you need to know. Yeah, there's something about these two teams where they're just like super, they're good in the ring, but it's just, they're not, their characters haven't intrigued me yet. I keep on forgetting who the tag team champions are. That You know, like, I don't know why they're not involving any of these storylines. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like we got so much segments of wrestling between um, tag teams, but not the champions. Yeah. So I, I feel like that to me. I agree. Outside of MSK, the tag team division is very bland. I yep. love the Creed Brothers, as you guys know, but I like the Creed Brothers in short bursts when they're just murdering people. Right. And I felt like they should have stuck with that. This is like the longest Creed Brothers match I think they've had. And it was good to see that they could kind of hang and Grizzled Young Vets, of course, kind of did, were the lead dogs here carrying them. But that's not what I want to see out of the Creed Brothers is this long brooding match, especially with such a bad finish where it was all for naught. So I didn't like the segment exactly. at all. I thought there was so much wrong with this. Even though Jacketon didn't make an appearance, I didn't like anything about this match. Jacketon was, stole the show, though. Yeah, I was very distracted by the commentary here because they were just being so funny and they kept going to the Japanese commentary and, yeah. you know, Wade yeah. kept saying, oh, I completely agree with them. And I, I was laughing, but I was like, I probably should be paying more attention to the match than what's going on outside of it, which goes to show you how blend these teams probably are speaking of the tag team champions i just want to say that same mandy show up on the screen but toxic attraction being there gave me flashbacks of when walter would show up via facetime or zoom call <laughs> you know and imperium was there <laughs> it really reminded me of that so random but i just thought i'd share we need to get walter <laughs> poolside yes do you think mandy was sneaking off because she was on secret vacation with otis somewhere Well, 4D storytelling, no? <laughs> you don't think Bald Otis and Mandy are going to be a thing? No. <laughs> Otis was on Raw last night, you know? She's not on no secret vacation with Otis. 
He I left that after. Great. That'd be great if we just see Otis walking in the background and nobody, in the background. Just, nobody brings attention. We just walk into the background in his swim trunks. No, does does like a freaking cannonball onto the yeah. pool as she's trying to call her promo. <laughs> and they'll be like, what? Old Otis <laughs> in, in some floaties too. That would be that would be money. My God, yes. <laughs> I kind of want Otis to go to NXT and I want him to be in the middle of a feud where another female wrestler is trying to like get with Otis to make Mandy je- and Mandy gets like super jealous. That that might be the best thing they could do with him right now. As long as they let him grow his hair back and he gets to be the old Otis. Like, what he's doing right now in Raw, he's just pretty much wasting away. So I would have no problem with them running back a Mandy and Otis-type storyline. Wait, he shaved his head? Yeah, like, yeah, he's on. shaved like, his head. Full-on, like, Butterbean, like... Oh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's, he does look like a big baby now, yes. Yes. I mean, he's not bald, <laughs> but he's got a little hair, and it's just not good. It's oh, weird. He looks like the Coco Melon baby with the little. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Brooks and Jensen got involved. There was a brawl at ringside, so this match ended. Brooks and Jensen, Briggs and Jensen, Brooks and Dunn. I don't know what their name is. Yeah, we all of the above. We can we interchange them. Brooks and yeah. Jensen, but Brooks and Dunn is a lot of fun to say too. Just give me Jacket Time versus MSK, and that's that's the main tag team main event I need. Yeah. Yes. Um. So Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams got a lot of good promo time tonight. As they should. I think yeah. they're both stars. And they said that Carmelo is going to challenge Roderick Strong for the cruiserweight title, and might might have two belts. That would be a lot of fun. I, I like that. I, I don't know if. I, I was very interested in the idea of Joe Gacy changing the belt into an all-inclusive title, but if Carmelo Hayes wants the belt, let him have it. Two belts? He's not defending the one. He can defend them both. He can merge the title. Maybe this is how they get rid of the Cruiserweight title, which is a far oh, less creative way of merging it with the North American title. Uh, he should but... just give it to Trick. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the other thing, too. Like, yeah. You know? Trick's pretty lean, right? I mean, he's tall, so I don't know if he'll pass his 205, but he could, you know, he's pretty lean. He just needs to go on a juice diet or something. Yeah. He'll be okay. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. Like, I've got your back. I'm your hype man. You've got two belts. I've got none. What's wrong with this picture? (laughs) He can let Trick's hold, you know, the belt. Like, well, China used to hold both of Shawn Michaels' belts. So maybe that'll be like Trick Williams gets to hold both the belts and everybody wins. (laughs) <laughs> yes. See, they're a good example of like doing uh, a non-tag team, like a, like almost a faction as a pairing with them. It works really well. We were talking about this. Oh, you guys missed it. Uh, when we were talk, talking about Dynamite, uh, what was it? It was uh, the Friday you were out where they had like everybody in the faction had to cut a promo and I could only make the comparison. This was like during the, the darker era of hip hop where everybody's like posse had to be on the track. Yeah. Right. And it was like we like Tupac, we like Biggie. I mean, I outsiders, like, is anyone really or or was it outlaws? Like, was anyone really into the outlaws? Was anyone really into Junior Mafia that much, aside from the names we knew? <laughs> Steve Harvey had a great bit about that on the Kings of Condor. It was like, for the boys are on the stage, for the mother effing boys. <laughs> oh man. But Trick is the opposite of that, because I actually would rather watch Trick speak than Carmelo speak a lot of the time. Yeah, Trick's got something in terms of his promo, and he does add to Carmelo's because Carmelo, I don't think, is a bad promo, but it's there's there's a little something missing in terms of the promo, and he'll find it. And I do like the Carmelo don't miss, but 
what tricks delivers trick Williams delivers in terms of a promo, I think is exactly what Carmelo needs because he's just he comes out of left field and he's, he's such a force of energy. I think. Yes, I agree with that. I wonder, I wonder if uh, Carmelo gets two titles, if he like essentially books a squash match for trick to win one of them, or I don't think they're going to break them up because I think they're very good together. But yeah, they break everybody up, but not at this point. They should not no. break it. This is like the, the black Shawn Michaels and Diesel is how I see this team. That's, that's pretty much what they're going for with these two. They're... I don't see I don't see Roderick Strong losing. It's Shawn Michaels in a, like a Cadillac Diesel. That's that's what it is. <laughs> Roderick Shawn Michaels in a Cadillac Diesel. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. <laughs> uh, I think Roderick Strong is the least interesting member of Diamond Mine. I agree. 100% agree. I think he's the best wrestler, least interesting. Pretty much the story of his career. <laughs> he's life. Shout out to Roger, out to Roger Strong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. He's a good wrestler. What's your I felt that way about him. I felt that way about him in the Undisputed Era, too, where I was like, yeah. he don't even belong. He don't even go here. They just <laughs> added him out of the blue. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why is he part of this? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the comparison. I'm sure there have been like actors that were in a lot of movies, like they're good actors, but they're the ones nobody ever talks about. It was like, oh yeah, he was in that as well. He was in yeah. that. Well. You know? I mean, he's like got Donatello. that. If he was an Ninja Turtle, he'd be Donatello. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Strong. Merry Christmas, buddy. <laughs> I'm looking forward. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I'm looking forward to seeing him wrestle Carmelo Hayes. I think that's going to be yeah. a good match. But, you know, it's going to be Strong's always said he belongs somewhere like the Diamond Mine, where he has people talking around. He's got a lot of energy around him. I think that's good for him. All right, but who has more charisma? Okay, is it Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, or Von Wagner? Oh God! So they should form a stable called what? The boring what? one? <laughs> called just TB TBA. It's like we'll get to you guys later. Just basically what they've been going through the whole time. Just call us little TBA. It's like eh. we're here to wrestle. That's gonna yeah. be your name. <laughs> Glenn, who has more charisma out of those three? That's a good question. No. Let's think about this. Okay, what are the options? Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Von Wagner. We got to eliminate Von because he's got like this negative charisma thing where he like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's not, he's a, yeah. he's no charisma. It's like negative. So he's gone. And then I guess Kyle O'Reilly, he does the cool Kyle thing. So the fact that he's trying to do it is like, I think he gets brownie points for that. Cause... No, he doesn't get any brownie points for that. He picked a regular wrestling match as a speculation. <laughs> Never forget. This is tough. This is, this, this, we might I don't have to think he, he showed a little. Yeah, we might have to pull this on Twitter. He did show a little bit of personality where he would play the guitar with the title, I guess. Sure. Yeah. He's got a little weird quirk in his tune, <laughs> you know. So, like, his NWO tribute, like, that was, that, that was his. I'm just I mean, saying, think... maybe if you put Roderick Strong next to these guys, he might actually have a little bit of an yeah. impact. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious if they put him together and then one of them just explodes. Like, oh my God, compared to these two guys, this guy. <laughs> this guy's like, like, 
That's like that's like Jay Moore from a Saturday Night Live. It's like you don't remember a single sketch he was in. You remember nothing about his acting career. But oh, he does a really good Christopher Walken impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Roderick Strong in a nutshell. <laughs> I think Colorado wins by default, but this is a this could wow. be Wow. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because know. Kyle O'Reilly has the haircut of a child you would not trust with fireworks. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and everyone's known a kid like that. Everyone's known a kid where it's yeah. like, oh, we can't let him get matches. He's going to burn down the house, the backyard, and the entire neighborhood. Shout out to yes. Brad Weber, a kid I grew up with. That, that was a kid. He had a pit bull, too. Oh, no. It all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my entire class. <laughs> i had a friend like that over once and we did almost set the backyard on fire he almost set our backyard on fire he was literally spraying like lighter fluid on patches of grass and lighting it on fire oh dear god and then putting it out with the hose or telling me to put it out with the hose <laughs> we're gonna get in trouble we're gonna get in trouble he's like stop being such a wimp uh but von wagner is like a black hole of charisma yeah, I agree. A black. So glad he lost tonight. So glad he lost, and we'll get to who he lost to, too. I love that. And yeah. I don't, like, and when you mention him, I like I forget his matches, his segments. I even forget his name. And I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like. What? What the hell is that name anyway? It's like Von Wagner? What does that even mean? Yeah, I don't. And he was on SmackDown for like a cup of coffee, and nobody's bringing that up. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Okay, whatever. I'm not even going to ask where he went. So we did have an NXT 2.0 call-up. There you go. There you go, yeah, Glenn. That's... They already screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Terry Allen Jr., $2.10 saying, Rikishi tweeted, Umaga Hall of Fame agree? Me, yes. Yeah. I think Umaga, talent-wise, you know, for in terms of WWE Hall of Fame for sure, but in terms of his talent, if we're talking like just a Hall of Fame in general, he had Hall of Fame talent. And had he, you know, RIP to him, but had he had like a even a 10-year career while he was alive, undeniable. I thought he was an amazing. You talk about the uh, legacy of the Anawai family. It could be argued easily, I think, that in terms of in-ring talent, he's the most talented Anawai member in terms of a wrestler. And that's saying a lot uh, because he was amazing. So Trick wrestled tonight against Dexter Loomis and lost to Dexter Loomis, who then got dropped by Grayson Waller. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like we're setting up Dexter Loomis chasing the North American title. 50-50 booking, though, because Dexter Loomis just lost to Tony D'Angelo, which is my point. Everybody's being booked 50-50 here. Commentary also says the return of Dexter Loomis in the singles, as a singles wrestler. I said he just wrestled a singles match, like... You guys, you know, we have to watch the show too. We pay attention, like pay attention to what you're saying over in commentary. But yeah, I don't like the 50-50 booking at all. Me neither. Um, So Grayson Waller faced off uh, in a promo against AJ Styles tonight. Uh, Alfred, what did you think of this segment? I liked it. I thought this was good. I thought Grayson Waller showed me a lot in terms of him just kind of standing toe-to-toe with AJ uh, not seeming like he was upstaged. I thought he held his own and, you know, had some good lines for AJ. And I think it's only a matter of time before he becomes Grayson because that's when you know WWE's into you. I don't know why I just always felt that it's any minute now they're going to take away Waller because they're now really giving him a push. And in, like, real life, when you get married, you take somebody's last name. Here with Grayson Waller and WWE, they take away your last name, and I think that's happening any minute now. We're going to get Grayson. So he, he, I think he's earned the right to not have a last name. 
I love this segment. I thought it was great. I love seeing AJ Styles. I know that a lot of people are going back and forth on this decision, pop rating, this or that. But we have been wanting NXT to do something different and involve the older talent to put the new talent over. And when they do it, then we shouldn't criticize it. And they did have a good story going into it because Grayson Waller did call him out over the weekend. This wasn't a random Tuesday tweet where they're like, AJ Styles is coming to NXT. AJ Styles is having a bad week. Complete miss, <laughs> miss opportunity for uh, Duke Hudson to come out and be angry at AJ Styles for having better hair, considering the fact that he is now bald. But I thought this was great. I thought Grayson Waller kind of held his own, and it was just refreshing to see AJ Styles in NXT with Automas. I'm, I'm happy to see what all they do with AJ Styles now that he's a babyface and a singles wrestler again. Mm. I also popped for AJ Styles when he showed up. Like, I didn't know he was coming. I was like, what is that? Like, I know he's coming all day, but when he got out of the car, I'm like, yay! Like, what? Yeah, so did this crowd. This crowd loved him. He came out yeah. a huge star. I like the fact that because when WWE goes to NXT, then their storylines get incorporated, which I think is great because these yeah. universes being intertwined. But whenever NXT goes to WWE, they always act like or the producer, the commentators are producers, like, yeah. who is this guy? Who, who is this monster yeah. who's next to him? I, I don't know who this is. I've never seen it. Uh, so it was refreshing to see that. And I like the, the closing line where Waller is like, uh, after Omos, I'm next. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a heel yeah, thing Yeah, it's a heel thing to do. And you know yeah. that, technically speaking, Omos should, like, destroy him. So why wouldn't you – why would you – try to go after that like yeah that was that's a smart move on well on um, grayson's point don't want to call him by his last name anymore because you're right it's gonna get taken yeah, away it's, so matter of time. it's coming <laughs> okay so what was this vignette with riddle with msk <laughs> <laughs> they got they got all got hit by a car they made it seem like it was all a dream and then riddle showed up again yes yeah, but not like afraid. in a way that makes you wonder. It was just like yeah. Riddle, like it wasn't a dream. <laughs> like <laughs> you guys were they're gonna kill off Matt Riddle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, we must protect Riddle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> At all costs. I thought this was adorable when he pulled out the scooter, so I popped too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> safe, safety first, bros. It's great. I love seeing their interaction. Matt Riddle said he's coming to NXT, you know, to, to be on the corner or whatever. I just need him escape back in the Capitol Wrestling Center and, like, actually wrestling teams, even if they have Riddle there. It's going to be entertaining. But while I love this, you know, video packages, it's time to bring them back because the tag team division needs them desperately. Yeah, between they're they're gonna come off as huge stars when they return. Between yeah. being with Riddle and then that whole Izzy drama behind them, I think this crowd is gonna really embrace them. Yeah, uh, Von Wagner lost to Idris Anofe. Good, shout out to Idris Anofe. Yes, I'm glad Idris got a win. West Africa in the household. I love it. Good to see Idris <laughs> win. You want, you better not let them mess around. And let West Africa in the building. I, I think uh, Idris has a lot of potential and. I thought it's weird this thing that they're doing with uh, uh, Robert Stone, where he's been scouting all these people. I don't know if he's going to put together a stable. I don't know if there's one person who he's going to go with. But it was weird that like Von Wagner lost this match that you think he should have won, and then Robert Stone has to act like, "Oh, I'm impressed now that I've seen him uh, beat him up." After <laughs> I don't think he should be impressed with this. Yeah, it was so it was kind of random, but I mean, I don't care about Von Wagner. But yeah. again, fifty-fifty booking. You haven't beat. Kyle O'Reilly, and you advertise him tonight as continuing his war path, and, and then you have him lose. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
they don't know who they want to put over in NXT 2.0. Yeah, it's very, and I think that's part of it is that um, the people they're getting us invested in, they're not giving us very much payoff in those investments. Yeah. yeah, they're not going all the way with anybody. And for such a drastic change of the product, that's exactly what they should have done. It looked like that's what they were doing with Braun Breaker on episode one, right out the gate. He beat LA Knight, and it's like, okay, rocket ship. But then with everybody, there's no exception. It's two steps forward, one step back. And they're just not in a position to be doing that, given the ratings that NXT 2.0 is getting, given the fact that this is like a call to action that we're now going to have these new guys. Well, then you got to make them. You can't just beat them, yeah. and then people aren't going to care as much. Yeah, yeah, very weird. Very weird. Um, we had Electro Lopez versus Io Shirai tonight with Io Shirai getting a win. But again, it's weird because Electro's been getting quite the build. Yeah, this is another, this is another, this is a women's version of what we've been talking about all episode. Is that like, much as I love Io Shirai, Electro Lopez is a person they've been pushing and she could have really benefited from a win over Io here. I, I like. I like Io Shirai, but this match again. This is it feels like the main event where you book two performers that need the win in a in a match against each other. Because I did think that Electra Lopez is the only thing left credible of Legado del Fantasma after you kind of like beat all of them and then have them win and have them lose again. And now you had her take a loss, but losing to Io doesn't really. I don't think it destroys anyone in the women's division because she's so credible and so good that I I believe that Electra could bounce back from this. They should do something, and maybe they could have a male and a female version of this. I think with the male version of this, they could use like Chase, uh, or they could use uh, Duke Hudson, someone who feels like they've been wrong, like they're not getting opportunities. And you could use that person out of that faction to almost have them keep interfering with matches where you need to protect both people, and then have the storyline be that you know they're going to keep doing this until they get their opportunity. It builds them up as this monster heel that can ultimately be defeated, but it almost buys them some time to not give us these definitive losses against talent they're building. I agree. There's a couple of people they should have been doing that with. You know, at the very least, make them come off as threats or, you know, it would have really benefited to at least have one person be like an undefeated person who could stand out, but they haven't done that with anybody in 2.0. And with Tony, it was so apparent uh, and so obvious like the way they kept him looking so strong yeah yeah maybe that was the warning sign last week when pete dunn like snapped his fingers maybe that was the warning sign that oh no they see him as not untouchable (laughs) (laughs) the snap of doom but kind of though right because when that happened i had a moment where i was like that shouldn't be happening to tony d'angelo right yeah, they did kind of rush this. I felt like this was more of, and I'm sure we're going to get the match between Tony D and Pete uh, Dunn at uh, New Year's Evil, but why not wait until then to have Tony get his big moment instead of this 50-50 thing to where now, even if he does right. win, he's just getting his win back. And that doesn't, I mean, how long have they been doing that and not made anybody doing that? Since NXT 2.0 lounge. Yeah. <laughs> And I think in, in NXT, wins and losses do matter more. And I think if we're going for something, well, in AEW, they made it sound like, oh, wins and losses are going to matter. Wins and losses really matter in AEW um, as much as they made us think they were going to matter. I mean, I don't know. Like, it seems that uh, in doing this and the way they're treating it, I mean, the match was good. Did Tony look like he has the years of experience Pete Dunne has? No. But, I mean. He looked good just, in there, though. He I looked, he good, looked though. good, He held his own. 
for a guy with his experience, he's, I mean, he's going to be something in terms of a wrestler at the very least. He's already this cult of personality who should be the WWE champion right now. But I think for a guy who has such little experience, he looks just fine, if not better than fine. And it would have been so easy. We've talked about this. Here's the beautiful thing about Tony D'Angelo. Everything. Everything. But you can use <laughs> yeah. whatever underhanded tactic you want. You could have guy in the audience. You could have the referee was paid off. You could have somebody do something. Tony can say, oh, I've got a perfectly good alibi. I wasn't there. I don't know nothing. Tony can act like he's a baby face. And you could have all this heel stuff going on to help him get wins, but still make him look strong and dominant and protect whoever he's beating. Because here's a character that by sh- the sheer background they've given him has unlimited amounts of influence to pull shenanigans at the highest level. And they did, they could have done so many different things tonight to have him get a win over Pete Dunne and Pete Dunne would not. I mean, they, they could have come up with every excuse to where Pete Dunne uh, would not have looked weak at all in defeat. Yeah. Yeah, not only that, like he can wrestle, he can go, he looks good. He had the crowd like support and he has the the online support. So it's just like read the room and, and realize that you probably have, you know, a big star here. But again, keeping up with Pete Dunne, I think it's a good thing. And, you know, I, I don't know that this is like, we're not jumping yet. You know, we're not jumping off the bridge yet. I think he will come back from this. Close. My feet are on the ledge, ladies and gentlemen. If he loses at day one. Don't jump, Alfred. We can't do this podcast with anybody else but you. So you can't do it. That. Do it for us. I'll try Stay to remember here. that. Please. Text me it's... if you need a midnight, like, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll send you a picture of Tony D'Angelo to cheer you. Yeah, and then I'll get off the ledge. Like, oh, okay, look at Tony go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling this is like an HBK thing and probably events too, where they go, hey, you know, when Rocky won, he lost. And that made it all the more triumphant and important when he got that win in Rocky II. You're probably yeah. right. <laughs> Nobody remembers that about the first Rocky. Watch the first Rocky now and you'd be like, this was a really investing emotional movie. Oh, until the part where he lost at the end. Yeah. Like, that was kind of a letdown. <laughs> uh, question in the super chat asking Mr. Meowth, Australian $2, why isn't EO on the main roster yet? been wondering that myself i think she'll debut at the rumble maybe i mean she's been the most overqualified person in nxt for a long time and i felt when she finally lost her title it's like okay time for this is it yeah like a year ago felt that way about raquel gonzalez too yeah yeah i just feel like maybe eo's just not their type that they would want on the main roster right now if they don't see anything in terms of a main roster they just see her just kind of like gargano is like a elder statesman of nxt who's going to be a lifer which I think that's a huge miscalculation, especially with EO. I think she has huge star power. It's, it's one of those things where when she gets to cut promos in her native language, it's, it, she comes alive on fire. And uh, even when she cuts promos in English, I think she's very funny saying that she doesn't like people. So in, in addition to that, she's the best wrestler, maybe in the company, like pound for pound, male wow. women, like in terms of NXT and even in WWE, top 10 maybe. Even in, in WWE, she beat Sasha. Remember when she had that amazing match with Sasha Banks? I, like, yeah. I want to see the rematch. I want to see that feud. But I, I thought that the call-ups that they did um, on this last draft were so questionable. Like they called up the people that I never thought they would call up. And the ones that I thought were going to be a for sure, EO being one of them, didn't get called up, which I thought was rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's very odd. Um, but maybe she wants to stay in NXT. I mean, maybe there's there's a maybe. reason. Yeah. Could be. Um, so Tony D'Angelo lost to Pete Dunne. 
tonight. Clean, clean pin, one, two, three. It was sad. It was sad. But after he beat the crap out of him and used a crowbar. Yeah, and that little girl wasn't very happy about it. And I was scared for that little girl. Like, you're going to go back to your family that you, that you have for now. Don't make Tony D'Angelo mad while he's got a crowbar in his hand. That little girl's got some balls. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I thought the match was fun. I thought this was a fun main event. I really, really enjoyed the match. I didn't like the finish, but I can live with it. Or can I? I don't know. I think what made the match enjoyable to me was that I was thinking, like, this is – like Tony D'Angelo A has to go over and he might go over. And I really didn't know what the finish was going to be. I wasn't watching this right. like, oh, of course, this is going to go one way or the other. I was actually rooting for Tony and that made it more enjoyable. But then again, the fact that we got such a bad finish in terms of him losing took it back away. It seemed to me like the most, we talked about it last week, this seemed like the most obvious next step on his trajectory because I'm sorry, Pete Dunn ain't the champ. He's but not... I told you last week I was afraid they were going to do this. Remember, we had this conversation where I was like, "I'm afraid yes. they'll let Pete Dunn beat him," and they did it. Expect the expected. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's that's, that's <laughs> the thing with WWE. What you think is going to happen? Yeah, expect that. Don't go like, "Oh my God, they might. We might get pleasantly surprised." No, you won't. Expect the expected. <laughs> expect the expected. <laughs> that's the era that we're in right now. <laughs> yeah, that's an XP 2.0. Expect the expected. Oh, man. <laughs> they like Pete Dunne. They like Pete Dunne. And I thought Pete Dunne was next in line for the NXT title for quite some time. And then he kind of like fell off the radar after. Remember that was it a fatal five way with Karrion Cross, And then I yes. thought really thought he was going to be the next one in line. And then kind of like. I don't know, fell, fell into the background, and now here he is. I, I wish I wish the roles were reversed, and it was Brown Breaker feuding with Pete Dunne and Tony feuding with Champa. I'd like that, too. Yeah. I think that would be, be better for Brown Breaker, especially if, I mean, assuming he got to beat Pete Dunne time and again, uh, that'd be good for him, and they'd have really Nobody good can, apparently. Nobody, yeah, uh, Pete Dunne's untouchable. NXT 2.0, everybody has weak fingers. <laughs> we need to get somebody in there with like double jointed fingers that can bend all the way back and like laugh uh, every time he tries to bend their uh, fingers like ah you can't hurt me the <laughs> best thing Pete Dunne ever did was team up with Matt Riddle yes that was incredible when they did that ah, I forgot about that but now I remember how much I loved it when they were doing it oh so good they won the they won the Dusty Cup remember oh I yeah. love them I, I that's another thing that COVID ruined. That that uh, that's near the top of the list in terms of we would have been a complete, top. Pete Dunn might be a superstar today if him and Riddle got to ride that thing out. Pete Dunn might have gone right with Riddle to the main roster. Maybe COVID ruined a lot of things. Yeah. <sighs> so that was NXT. Tony D'Angelo stood strong, but how strong do you look when you lost to Pete Dunn? Well, when you put it that way, that's yeah. almost like the charisma question early. Yeah. I mean, Barry Horowitz. <laughs> he didn't lose a doink the clown, so I think there's uh, there's some hope yet. Listen, Tony is going to he's going to be so mad. He's going to seek revenge, and I'm looking forward to to see Tony just unleash his wrath, you know, and, and like has to, he's going to go to Chicago tonight and he's going to bring some people back with him. It's not going to be pretty. And Pete Dunn can't use his fingers. His, his fingers are going to be all messed up. So that's going to really help Tony D. 
Well, he deserves a taste of his own medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. Who does he think he is breaking people's <laughs> fingers? Please. Well, next week we'll find out on NXT. I, again, I, we've got one more podcast for the year, and it's next Tuesday covering NXT 2.0. Amazing. Yes. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in and commiserating with us tonight. You can find Alfred online at This Is Nasty, Issa at NYC, Demon Diva, the Steven with a one. And Issa, should we uh, give a plug of why people should maybe subscribe to subscribe you Subscribe to my YouTube, yes, because me and Glenn are working on a secret special project, Glenn. Should we tell them what we're going to talk we should, about? We should tell them because I want them to be prepared. If you follow right. Issa and I on Twitter, we're going to tweet this out when we do it live. We will release this as a podcast. We're going to do it live on YouTube and we'd love for you to be there. We're going to be talking about the Showtime series Yellow Jackets. Just got renewed for a second season. Six episodes in. We're going to write out the rest good. of the season doing weekly episodes. It is the craziest show. It is Lord of the Flies meets Mean Girls meets Lost. Um, it's, it's so good. We're obsessed so and we want to talk about it. So yes. you guys should watch it and come join us. We're going to be live on my YouTube channel, but it would also be released on all streams. I mean, not stream. Podcast. Podcast. And uh, you can watch it uh, on demand on YouTube, of course. It's going to be fun. And uh, the pilot's free on YouTube, so search Yellow Jackets Pilot. You can watch it for free. If you like it, subscribe to Showtime. Check it out. Yes. Get get a one-month trial. You can make it to the end of the series and only pay one month. That'd be great. That's what I plan on doing. You guys have really talked it up so much that now you're going to get me into watching it, and I'm going to yeah, support this and then podcast. You, yes, and then you can support us and come and tell us what you thought about it. Yeah, you can be a guest. We're going to have together guests. all the time. Yes, we're going to have guests wait. from the wrestling community. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be That's fun. Awesome. Uh, cool. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, no podcast this Friday because SmackDown was pre-recorded, and I don't think I have to eat my hat because I don't think Tony Storm beat Charlotte for the uh, NXT Championship. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> no, it. you don't. You don't. Rush, Rush, Rush is giving us the night off. Yes, How and nice. next Friday. And next so. Friday. Wow, wow. What a, what a boss we have. Remarkable. Uh, yeah, and I don't know who's doing day one yet, which will be here before we know it. Ten days Good left in the year. Good lord! I know. And it's okay, well, like twenty twenty all over again yeah, with everything well. going on right now. Yep. Everybody have a great holiday. Christmas is this week. Uh, please stay safe. Use your best judgment. Uh, things are getting a little scary out there, but uh, we'll get you back here next Tuesday on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Tomorrow night AEW coverage on Wednesday, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all soon. Have a good week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.